0: Hello and welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Unai Emery's side were cut down to size by Nottingham Forest in a 2-0 loss. Hello everybody, this week I am on my own, George is away in Edinburgh of all places. He's up there in pretty wee Edinburgh, one of the best cities in In the world, um, so this won't be a long one. Uh, there's not a great deal to say, is there? Uh, and there's probably not a huge number of people who, particularly, are going to want to do their Monday morning commutes listening to Aston Villa and how we lost and all that. But you know, at the same time, we talk whenever things go well, so got to look at things when they don't go so great for Professor Unai's side. It was a frustrating loss, is the way I would put it, but it's not one to lose our heads over. Now, there's a few things it raises concerns about, but some things as well that it necessarily doesn't. Now, where would I start? Well, going into this game, I think that Nottingham Forest's game plan was generally the crowd is going to be up for it in the first 15-20 minutes. That's when Forrest's crowd will be at its loudest. They'll get behind the boys, and that is when Forest players will be at the highest energy as well. So if Forrest can just put on a lot of pressure to Villa, get an early goal, then Nottingham Forrest can sit back, get into a defensive shape, don't have to be too proactive, and all they've got to do is suck Villa in, hope that they win the ball and then hit it forward over the high line and hope that one of their players won't be caught offside and that they'll get in behind and make it 2-0. That essentially is exactly what Steve Cooper planned for and unfortunately, it's exactly what happened. Full credit to Steve Cooper and full credit to Nottingham Forest. I think there's a lot of proactive away teams that will go there this season who might have more of the ball, who will come unstuck because they're smartly coached and because they have... Players who can damage you on the counter. Some of those players include this fantastic Morgan gibbs white who I think is a really technically gifted player. Awanyi came back up front for them today. I watched him at Arsenal away earlier this season, and I watched him during the in the Chelsea win they had at Stamford Bridge. And I thought he was very effective as a player who you can hit the ball up to or hold it and bring other uh, Nottingham Forest players into the game. So I think he offered something up front that was um, useful for them though I wouldn't say he was brilliant today, but what I would say is that Alanga was always the key threat I thought in the game, primarily because I thought if Forrest allowed Villa to have the ball, what Forrest could do is win the ball off Villa at some point. And Alanga, with his pace and uh, strength, what he could and skill, of course, what he could do is that um, Forrest could. Look and see if Matty Cash has pushed up the pitch, as often happens with our fullbacks. Elanga would have space to run into. Early on in the game, we were a little bit too casual. And uh, the ball was won out on Villa's right-hand side. Elanga uh, 1-2, got in behind Cash. And that's exactly what I was talking about. He ran into space. But, you know, concert came across, stopped him, but he pulled it back to Toflo, who... Uh, you know, smartly passed, crossed the ball uh, to the edge of the area where Ina came in and made it 1-0. Now, I th- I do wonder if Forrest had coached that because rather than just crossing it into the area and hoping, you know, that one of their fours might just win a header or a 50-50 against Pal Torres or concert Instead, maybe they'd identified something with Villa whereby they thought, actually, what we're seeing from watching Villa games is that if a team gets forward, sometimes there's a gap just outside the area. Douglas should have been there really to stop the um the first goal. But at the same time, you know, you're probably not expecting him most of the time to finish that. Uh and the XG for it probably isn't too high. But it went in. So, you know, these are Premier League players. It's what they're capable of. And so frustratingly, uh Forrest got the exact early goal they needed. And then the first half kind of fell exactly into their game plan of what they wanted, where they get that early goal, the crowd gets excited. And then the crowd, of course, is even more excited because they've got the goal. And Villa then obviously take control of the game with possession. Uh, I believe overall we have more than 70% possession in this game. But the problem was, as we were pushing forward, Forrest were doing a 4-5-1, defending very deep, crowding our players in midfield as they did at Villa Park last season, where they made the center of the pitch. Um, they, you know, identified that Villa play quite narrow in the center. So they crowded that area. The What it was difficult to play through it. Um, so Villa were obviously going wide a lot. I thought um, going forward uh, in the first half that John McGinn, I think I've not really seen a lot of people praising McGinn for the game against Forest. I thought he might've actually been our best player. I thought Pal Torres played well, uh, but John McGinn, um, what I thought he showed was a physicality that we didn't really have over th- through most of the game. He was good at holding the ball, good at and particularly turning onto his left and spreading that pass out to Luca Dean. Now, Luca Dean, I think in the first half, I thought the left-hand side, Aston Villa were having more joy getting in. And I did think that if Villa were going to get a goal in the first half, it might come down the left-hand side. Because John McGinn was playing some really good balls out there, and Luca Dean was making some good runs, but I've said it a few times recently on this podcast that as well as Luca Dean has played this season, I still think we miss a certain dynamism in our fullbacks, and I still think—and I said this to George last week in the spicy question—that the fullback area is where I think Monchi and the scouting department will be looking at because we saw in the first half of Forest that a team when they have a low block against Villa and Zrinski-Mostar did exactly the same to us and we only got a winner in the last minute in that game. But when they sit deep, because they know Aston Villa are good on the ball, they're going to dominate it, they'll just sit deep and they might look at, say, Matty Cash, who in the first half couldn't get past Toffler at all in one-on-one situations. And that's a common thing with Cash. He's not always great at beating a player one-on-one. He's very good when he has space to run into you know, and getting in behind, he's very good at that, particularly at home. But sometimes when we go away or we play a team who sits back deep, cash isn't always the most dynamic player at beating a man. And the same goes for Luca Dean. I think that when I see Luca Dean play, what he tends to do is he'll whip a ball in with a cross or he'll try and play it back, recycle. Cash or half was recycling it. But with Luca Dean, I did think we miss Alex Moreno. I just think Moreno, when he gets forward, he, he has he has the capacity to beat a man more regularly than Dean does one-on-one and he'll pull it back, you know, to the edge of the area where somebody like, a, let's say, a Jacob Ramsey when he's fit or a, maybe somebody like an Ollie Watkins or or John McGinn, somebody coming in will come in and finish it. So I just think that Villa, as well as we've been doing this season, we are missing dynamism, particularly, you know, as, and like I say, as well as Luca Dean has played, I still think Moreno, for me personally, just offers a little bit more going forward particularly Um, so I thought first half I think we didn't make the most of getting in down the left and I also think that uh, we only really were able to carve one really good chance in the first half and that was for Zaniolo when we won the ball back and Zaniolo you know uh, I'll talk a bit more more about him in a minute but um, you could just see he's maybe lacking a bit of confidence with the first touch it was a good effort you know it was a It was a decent effort from where the ball had eventually got to. But I think a more confident Zaniola may have got the first touch right and probably finished it. Um, So first half is disappointing, but, you know, I think we largely dominated and uh, had played okay. But I think it was quite obvious that because Matty Cash in the more progressive role wasn't getting past Toffolo, the logical substitution to make was to get Leon Bailey in there, put him on the right. And uh, see if he can go one-on-one with Toffolo uh, and just add a bit more dynamism in attack going down the right. And so what you need to do in the second half is with Villa, you're, so, you're sort of playing your way into the game. You think, because we've got so much domin- so much of the possession, we are going to have... We're going to get into their final third a lot and we're probably going to carve chances out. So just whatever you do, don't repeat the mistake of the first half and concede early. And what happened? Well... The ball comes to Toffolo. Well, well, the ball starts, I believe, with, uh, I want to say it was Alanga got in down the left behind Matty Cash again. Ball into the area, not dealt with, bit sloppy, Uh, but it comes back to Toffolo who sends it to the edge of the area again. And this time, Mangala takes a shot from distance and there's not really any way that should be going in. Emmy Martinez praised him heavily, and you know, I think he's an absolutely fantastic goalkeeper. He's just won the Yashin Award as the best goalkeeper in the world. You are fully expecting him to pluck that out of the sky with two hands and catch it, or at least push it away, or knock it over the uh, the crossbar. Uh, I was kind of shocked when I saw him go for it with one hand. I, I didn't really understand what he was doing, and when it went up in the air and came back into the, over the line. Deeply confused by what he what he was doing. It was a very rare mistake from him. And a bit, you know, I don't know whether he was trying to look a bit Hollywood for the cameras or what. It was just very strange. And I thought, you know, had a players got in the way that had disrupted his vision? Was there was there, you know, some kind of odd spin on the ball? But I watched it back and no, that's that's to say a very ru- pretty routine save for a, a goalkeeper of his quality. So very disappointing to concede early, and I'm sure he'll be absolutely raging with himself for it. Very unlike him to make a mistake like that. But, you know, again, we've just played into Nottingham Forest's hands there. And, you know, going 2-0 down at the city ground, you have given yourself a mountain to climb, particularly with two goals that weren't close up, you know. And, um, you know, weren't two chances that were in the area. It was two chances from a big distance that could have been prevented, really. Uh, And so... The rest of the half, Villa were, were dominant. Forrest didn't really have to do anything. All they had to do was, you know, hope, try and win the ball back and then try and, you know, knock it over the top and hope that one of their attacking players is onside. Uh, they did that all first half and they repeated the trick the second half. The thing is, Villa, you know, it was just all game today when we got into that final third. Very, you know, this season we've been very, very clinical. We were unusually not clinical. Uh, that's a chat. There were chances that you would expect our players in current form to take. There were one or two occasions, let's say when Ollie Watkins had a header from a brilliant John McGinn pass or cross into the area, you'd expect Watkins to put that header away. There were occasions where Leon Bailey got the ball and you thought, just hit it on your right, but instead trying to turn in on his left and the Forest defenders crowded him out. There were occasions where Diaby could have had a shot but didn't uh, try to pass it. There was another occasion where Yuri Telemans took a shot and hit it over the bar from distance. So... um You've just got to say that uh Villa just weren't clinical enough, perhaps didn't shoot enough. And I just think that on one or two occasions, um, I think a more dynamic fullback in there might have made a difference from the for for the for 90 minutes. Now, you know, we are we are gonna to have to get used to opposition teams, particularly away from home, like a Forest, who are probably gonna be battling it in the in mid table. Um Sort of playing Villa with a low block and sitting deep. And Villa are going to have to work out a way to play against that um, and break it down better than we did against Forest. There is a little bit of concern with the away form. We've won two in 10. And, uh, you know, this season we've had bad away losses at Newcastle and Liverpool. We got kind of overwhelmed by the occasion at Lechia Warsaw. And then against Forest again, just kind of got a bit outdone, really. Even though we played, we were very ball dominant and actually played okay at times. Played played quite well on occasion uh, against Forest, but just dilates that uh, clinical edge. Some teams are going to have that, you know. Liverpool drew at Luton, almost lost. You know, teams that you expect to win are going to have that. We're not yet at the stage of being a, a, a Liverpool where you expect them to go away and just win. Um, But, uh, you know, if we are a team who want to be competing in the top six, even the top four this season, I look at that, you know, let's take Manchester United versus Fulham. And I look at, it was one of the worst games I've seen all season. But what I've noticed with Man United this season is that as rubbish as they've been to watch, as terrible as they've played, and trust me, I, I can't stand watching them this season Anytime they're on TV, but they just have this knack away from home in these games at some point in the 78th minute or the 84th minute, they just somehow get a goal to win it. They win ugly, which is really bloody annoying, but they do it. And I do wonder if that's part of the aura of the club, whether it's the experience they have. And maybe Villa are just going to have to, you know, in a game like that against Forest, if teams this season continue to do the low block against us this season, Maybe we might just have to find a way to win a bit ugly at times. As brilliant as it is to absolutely demolish teams as we have done so regularly this season. So that's something I'm sure Unai Emery will be thinking about and looking at um, for away games in particular, looking ahead. Now, you know, one more thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Zaniolo. Uh, I think with Zaniolo, I, he just needs a goal or an assist. He just He just needs a moment, you know, this season he's been very unlucky not to score. He's had about he had a brilliant volley against Chelsea that was incredibly well saved by San, Robert Sanchez. He had um, a fantastic shot against Lechia Warsaw that was nudged onto the crossbar. Came back out for Yonderan, who headed it home. He had um, a bicycle kick against Zrinski Mostar that was saved. He's had other efforts, really top efforts, that have just, just very unfortunate for him not gone in. And you do sense it slightly getting into, into his head. You do sense as well that, um, you know, the Premier League He's just got to adapt to it. He's still a very young player. It's a new league. It's a new culture. The Premier League is slightly more physical and faster paced than most leagues uh, and most sort of games that sort have of played in. So that's something that you can see he's sort of adapting to. And I just think, you know, we'll just be patient with him, give him time. And think about Leon Bailey, I guess, in the sense that Bailey often seemed to struggle before Moussa Diaby came in, where he always had to play the 90 minutes and be the main outlet in attack. And sometimes if he had a bad game, the confidence would go and he'd be struggling a bit to get it back. Whereas this season, because there's you know there's more options further forward, Bailey doesn't have to play all the time. And Uno Emery can manage that playing when he needs to be played, um, put him on for half an hour, gets a goal, be an impact player and then he can play 90 minutes and his confidence is kind of built up and I think with Zaniolo, you know, if Jacob Ramsey's fit, what could happen is Jacob Ramsey comes in, um, you know, he'd be the starting player because that's just how good he is. You'd have Ramsey, you'd have um, uh, Moreno at left but what, what then might happen is that Zaniolo... Uh, could come in for 20 minutes if Ramses, you know, needs a bit of time off the pitch. And then Zaniola might just be that impact player and might get that goal. And then when he starts and when he plays uh, or be- is an impact sub uh, in the games after that, his confidence levels might just go up, go up a notch, you know? So I think let's just be, let's just be patient with the guy. Don't get on his back too much. Um, there is a lot for him to, you know, deal with, you know, off the pitch as well with this, you know, investigation that's happened with the, you know, with the, um, The betting story Um, so that's obviously something else to bear in mind as well so let's just be patient with Zaniolo Um, but yes I think there are a couple of things that you have to say we have to improve on um, away from home Uh, it was just I think it was just one of those days but like I say you know if we are going to compete in the top six or for the top four um, I just wonder if a team like Newcastle might have just got something today and we could figure out a way of doing it and the same goes for Man United as well. And that's it, you know, that's a compliment to Villa. It's a compliment to the work Unai Emery's done of how much, how far we've progressed that Nottingham Forest are playing us as if we're a top team who's coming to, you know, who's going there. They're not going to try and be too proactive. They're going to try and hit us on the break and have to beat us smartly. And that's what they did today. Full credit to Steve Cooper, who's a very canny manager, And full credit to uh, the Nottingham Forest players who did a sort of sterling defensive job really today. A little bit lucky in parts. I think on another day, it was a bit shoulda, woulda, coulda, wasn't it? You know, another day, maybe Ollie Watkins puts that header home or there's a shot that just takes a deflection and goes in and the whole dynamic of the game changes or we don't concede a stupid goal in the early second half. So just, yeah, as I say, shoulda, woulda, coulda. But the top teams don't have that on such a regular basis they usually find a way and that's where Villa are getting to now just find a way of winning when you don't you're not having the best day out all Villa no Filler on YouTube Twitter Facebook and Instagram Thank you very much for listening. Like I say, please like and subscribe. Follow us. You can give us a five-star rating on Apple iTunes or on Spotify on the phone app. There's a way of doing that as well. If you like what we do, that really helps us and I massively appreciate it. And also subscribe on YouTube. We're very close to 2,000 subscribers now, which is just amazing. Um, What I would say is, you know, before I go, this week, Aston Villa have to bounce back. You know, we lost at Newcastle. We lost at Liverpool. And we lost uh, at Warsaw and all of those away games that we lost. We then came back with some absolutely tremendous victories. And we're going we, this week, we've got um, AZ Altmar at, uh, at Villa Park on Thursday. And then a few days after that, we've got Fulham at home. And that's the one, you know, those are two games you really want Villa to win. And you can expect Villa to win given our home form. But what I would say with Fulham, and I'll talk a little bit more about them uh, later this week, but there, there's a potential banana skin in it, in that Fulham... Again, haven't been playing too brilliantly recently. uh, And I thought Fulham-Manchester United was one of the worst games I've seen. No, it was the worst game I've seen this season. 90 minutes, I wish I could bloody get back in my life, uh, where I could do 90 minutes of rambling about Aston Villa rather than watching that dross. But what I would say is that um, with Fulham, again, uh, at home, where they have to be a bit more proactive, I'm not sure that always plays into the strengths of Marcus Silva teams. But when they go away or when, um, you know, when they go away, for instance, and go to Villa Park, will they sit back, be a bit more defensive and try and do what uh, Forrest did in the sense that they can try and win the ball back if as Villa are pressing, get that ball quickly out to a Willian on the left who maybe getting, gets in behind a fullback or perhaps out to uh, a Harry Wilson. Um, what That could be a source of problems. Um, but I'll talk a bit more about Fulham later this week. But one thing I did note about them as well is they really struggled to play it out from the back. And they've made mistakes in recent games um, playing it out from the back, uh, which have led to goals. The goal against Manchester United came from shambolic efforts to get it out of their own area. They should have cleared the ball twice. On two occasions, they gave it straight back to Manchester United. All the way through that game, any time Man United actually showed any level of intensity, pressing Fulham high up, Fulham's defenders who have obviously been instructed to hold on to the ball, Tim Ream, Calvin Bassey, they looked very uncomfortable and looked like there, was, there were mistakes in them. So Villa can start fast. If the Villa crowd can be loud and proud, as we know they can be, get behind them. Don't sit on the hands, be loud, be up for it. Um, I think that if Villa can put you know intense pressure on Fulham early on, particularly when Fulham are in possession deeper in their own half, uh, there could be a source of joy there but look excited thank you everybody for listening I won't ramble on too much more um, but up the mighty villa I'll be back later this week plenty more to say plenty more to look forward to and plenty of good things happening at Aston Villa even if every now and again we're going to have a bad old day at the office as we did against Nottingham Forest but up the mighty villa we